0: Today, I'm delighted to welcome Hayden Wilde to the World Triathlon Podcast. The 24-year-old New Zealand team member burst onto the elite circuit in 2018 and hasn't looked back, racking up some brilliant top 10 finishes in 2019 across World Series, World Cup and notably the Tokyo Test event, starting last season strongly in Malulaba before the wheels came off 2020. So welcome, Hayden. Great to have you on.
1: Oh mate, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Um, no, nah, it's good to see your face as well. It's been a well, it's nearly been a year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. Uh, like when you get a head of steam up, you know, you can get your talk on as well. So oh, have you got 100%. have you got some snacks there to keep us going just in case?
1: Yeah, mate. Well, I actually got my um, berry tea ready to go, and uh, I'm racing tomorrow, so I just had a delightful pizza. So um, yeah, we're all we're all filled up, ready to go for a good yarn. Nice.
0: Pizza, like a a regular part of your pre-race prep, is it?
1: Uh, I think in New Zealand it is because you just kind of, you just know all the ingredients here and there. So we just make our own, which is nice. So uh, it's pretty, I don't even know if you can call it a pizza because it's literally just like a pizza base with literally like everything I like on it. So then it comes like just something you can kind of eat all at once.
0: (laughs) Excellent. You're not a a ham and pineapple man then. Please tell me you're not having chicken on there.
1: No, I've never chicken. I had salmon on
0: it, but I did have pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no place for chicken on pizza. Uh, so yeah, you're you're in Christchurch. Have you been like in Christchurch for the majority of this period, like you know, twenty twenty lockdown?
1: Oh, so I'm at, not in Christchurch actually. Right. Um, so I'm based in Tauranga. Um, so that's pretty much that's on the east coast. Um, so I'm well. I'm originally from a little place called Fakatane, but uh, I moved from there about three years. So, well, when I started triathlon, so about four or five years ago, literally 45 minutes up the road to the big city and uh, yeah, just based myself there. So it's a nice kind of um, beach, kind of very similar to Malouba, uh, very
0: beachy and, and cruisy mm. and yeah, just nice vibes. Lovely. Have you mm. been getting a bit of cabin fever though over the last sort like, of 12 months or so? Um,
1: Yeah, I guess it's, it's quite weird. Like, if you didn't watch the news at all uh, or keep in tabs with anything, um, you wouldn't even know COVID nineteen existed in the world ha- over here in New Zealand. It's it's quite a yeah, it's quite a different place. I think uh, we're very lucky and fortunate, so we get to do kind of yeah what we want really um, with not many worries. Uh, you know, we've got some obviously things in place. Um, where we, you know, have like a, a COVID tracing app where we go into into stores and we've got a QR code that we have got to scan into and and your standard hand sanitizer here and there is kind of becoming like the new thing. Um, mm. But, you yeah, know, face masks, there's no kind of, uh, you know, you can shake hands, you can hug people, you can, you know, give them, um, you know, you know, kiss greetings and whatnot and yeah. all all the above. Um, so, yeah, very important So apart from sort of for, international
0: uh, travel, it's kind of business as normal then basically there.
1: Yeah, like, um, you know, well, there's actually, well, racing tomorrow um, is that in the 3000 meter national champs, um, you know, I've already had four or five kind of domestic triathlon races. Um, yeah, so it's pretty much normal, just a new, but it's actually quite good because they've got all, you know, the New Zealand based athletes here, which make, you know, the field still, you know, as strong, um, you know, as as an international field, which is real good. Mm. So it keeps us, everyone, everyone on each other's toes, which is nice.
0: Yeah, but also must make it feel even more surreal. Like what's going on everywhere, in a way, does it?
1: Yeah, it does. Like, uh, well, I'm actually yeah quite fortunate that um, I got my my uh, my partner um, Hannah DeVette, who's actually in Team Belgium. Yeah. Uh, so, she, so we actually got her over here. So yeah, she kind of went through the the two week quarantine uh, in one of the hotels, and uh, and uh, then was COVID free. So she got to. Got to get out of the hotel after two weeks and now she's uh based here for the summertime which is real cool um uh, but yeah just kind of as well it was quite funny when she first kind of got out of out of the um hotel isolation she was quite like um you know uh it, it was quite funny we went into town very like avoided shaking hands or didn't know what to do and it was quite <laughs> funny to see like uh you know someone that's been with covid um you know for a good six seven months of the year when she was racing in in, in europe and then coming to new zealand where it's kind of like its own little its own little bubble uh well yeah, it was quite different for her she's gotten used to it now but it was it was quite funny the first week she didn't really like, know like it, so.
0: integrating back into the norms of society a bit oh 100
1: percent. she had no <laughs> clue what she was doing it was hilarious
0: <laughs> she didn't try and introduce like obviously here we've had this thing like on thursday nights where those are people you know you'll go outside and sort of clap for the for the nhs for the hospital workers and stuff so if you sort of time a run well here you can kind of run down the street and it feels like you're going down a down the blue carpet everyone <laughs> clapping is, uh, i mean a very polite
1: motivation from everyone <laughs> but they think you're clapping for you but not really clapping for you at the same time it's great though it's great
0: motivation um so what's the race tomorrow sorry
1: um yes yeah, so racing the new zealand uh 3,000 meter national champs. Um, so that should be actually, it should be good fun. But It's actually even better because um, there's so many New Zealand domestic running athletes here as well at the moment. And it's like, you know, we've got guys running, you know, I can name 10 guys in my hand at the moment that can run some, some four minute miles and, you know, run under 13, uh, under, you know, 14, 13 minutes for 5K, like just in a training run. So uh, it's really good just to have like all these guys like in their speciality sport, um, coming home from the United States because that's where they normally do the NCAA um, to have them, um, you know, push us as triathletes as well. Um, and, you know, we're competing with um, some, you know, last week I raced in the New Zealand National Open Water swim, um race, which was cool. And, you know, got my, um, got actually handed to um, by some 12-year-olds and some 10-year-olds <laughs> that just swim like fish. So I think it's the only sport that you can get your, get absolutely wallets by um by kids about That's 10 times young, uh, younger yeah. than you um yeah. but it keeps you honest and i know it's really good to to you know race pure uh pacific athletes in their kind of in their chosen sports and because it just pushes us as triathletes um you know if we're not getting as much um you know um competition um you know because there's only about four or five of us at the top end in, in, in new zealand at the moment so it's quite nice to to go over to running or swimming and biking and just get absolutely walloped um, and get a good workout out of it. So now it works pretty well.
0: Yeah. So were you copying any of these sort of twelve year olds techniques and thinking, hang on, what's this new style that you're you're working with here?
1: Oh, I tell you, hey, like um, I think I I think you just kind of lose it when um, they've just they've just got that swimming pool speed. So like first hundred meters, they're just going absolutely oh. gun blazing, but you just miss the pack and it's like, oh my gosh. 4.9k to go by myself here (laughs) jeez so So yeah the
0: the three thousand meter national champs has never been so competitive probably like there must be a lot of local amateur runners that are a bit cheesed off that all these people are coming back and kind of taking away their opportunity yeah
1: like well honestly like if uh if it all goes if the weather's good um there could be comfortably six guys going under Eight minutes for the 3000. Um, the pace is being set to, to 740, 745, and there's yeah, as I said, there's you know five, six guys that can do that. Um, you know, we've got guys running 1500 meters at you know 336, 337, you know, close to Olympic qualifying times here in New Zealand at the moment, so. Yeah, like, it's quite good that a, that such a small country can can provide so much talent um, in, in, in a variety of sports, which is uh, what, yeah, as I said, it pushes us hugely. Yeah. You know, we, we might not be at the top end, um, but it pushes us to be, you know, more competitive because, um, you know, we have obviously the whole year we've missed out on that international racing, getting pushed by, you know, the world's best uh, on the ITU circuit. So it's always nice to... To kind of, yeah, um, see where you're at and gauge how everything's going, racing Pacific athletes in their, in their chosen sports. So uh, it's it's quite good to have it here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't for a minute suspect that you were the kind of person that would be sort of <laughs> wallowing last year and not being able to sort of do the international races. But um, at the same time, I mean, it must have been, yeah, it must have been a really difficult thing to, to know that was happening and not, not be able to take part.
1: Yeah, like, like, yeah, it was it was, it was pretty gutting, uh, and it was nothing we could do. Like, I know all the New Zealanders wanted to get over and race uh, some of the World Cups and the WCS races, but um, yeah, unfortunately, we're uh, we're a government-funded um, sport, and we've got to abide by unfortunately by the, the government rules, and that's a thing. Like, if we if we go go against the government and head overseas and race these races, um, you know, we potentially could get our, our funding cut, which is you know our lively... A livelihood so we can actually go over and race so mm. we had to we had to do the, the right thing and the safe thing and uh, do what was right for the sport in New Zealand and and, and unfortunately stay home um, but it was it was fantastic to watch and um, to see you know some people come through that we haven't seen before racing on the ITU circuit and kind of to, I think in, in a sense as well it kind of you know back home it really kind of gave me a bit of an extra drive to to just not slack off and really push hard because it just looked, you know, everyone did, you know, worked on little things through lockdown and uh, really pushed me, uh, I think, as an individual to really kind of, um, yeah, work on my my weaknesses, um, which I've been, you know, I've been doing a lot of swimming lately um, and really working on that so I can kind of prepare myself for the um, getting back onto the, onto the World Series. And yeah, well, honestly, I really look forward to actually hopefully getting into some racing this year um you know it's good um, i feel that i'm in some good form i just you know, i just you know, try to find a race to see how that form is actually going but yeah i guess training is so different to racing you know you can be as fit, you know the fittest you've ever been but you know race fitness is so different to training fitness you know i can be training like an absolute animal and and doing some great, great times and stuff but yeah as i said like it's nothing nothing
0: compared to race fitness it's such a it's a different thing you know it's a different beast totally and it was interesting, yeah. Everybody kind of hitting those early start lines, well, not early in the end last year, and the first ones back, and um, not, yeah, having a clue where they were in terms of race, race fitness. And were you, were you watching kind of quite closely and sort of analysing what was going on? And seeing, I mean, obviously, <laughs> like you know, Vincent, Vincent, Louise's swims were just suddenly like absolutely incredible, and he was just. You know, spearheading from the front the whole way in those first couple of races, you had Vasco Velasa coming through with some brilliant, brilliant efforts as well.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, well, I gotta be honest, I actually didn't stay up, stay up to watch any of the races, uh, except for probably the women's races because Hannah was racing. So I was like, oh, better be a good boyfriend and, and get up at one o'clock in the morning and watch a race, right? Um, so I watched I watched the women's race in, uh, in Hamburg and a couple others, but um, made sure I, um, pre-recorded the, the men's race so I could watch it when I wake up in the morning because uh, I think it was like two three o'clock in the morning um for us uh, in New Zealand so I was like oh I'll just record it and then watch in the morning if I go on the on the bike for a for a Zwift session or something so uh, I was good just to, it was good to see like you know um for me it was great to see Vincent win um the world champs again you know he was 2019 um world yeah 2019 world champ and uh, it was good to see him take 2020 out um and uh, and same with the women's race you know it was real good to see all those the top girls still in fighting form and and you know uh it was kind of like business as usual uh just you know obviously with a, with some key people um in key countries missing but you know racing's racing it was great to see that um you know World Triathlon was actually putting on on races where other you know um where other sports couldn't so uh, it was real good to see that you know we have we have found good protocol and um, and to do it in a safe way um, so to speak too so that's why it's kind of given me that confidence that I, I think racing will definitely be on this year um, I don't know when it will be but I feel that you know if it's when it when it when it is it'll be done quite safely and uh, yeah look forward to kind of actually you know seeing um, the people that I used to race for the last couple of years to see them in person and uh, and catch up you know fully. Uh, instead of just over, you know, Snapchat or, or Instagram or or WhatsApp, you know, so uh, it'll be, be good it? to get back to some normality uh, overseas.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so you've been able to sort of hit the start of this new year with, with kind of optimism then, and obviously, like, there's a lot of talk about Tokyo and whether it's still going to happen at the moment and so on. Um, yeah. Where do you sort of stand on that whole situation, I suppose, at, at least... You know, the Olympics comes in the middle of a season anyway, at a time where you would want to be hitting peak form. Obviously, ideally for lining up at the Olympics, but if not, there's world champs, there's loads of work, WTS then as well.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Hey, like uh, I think I'm in a very good position where I'm still extremely young. Um, you know, I potentially still got another two year, two Olympic camp, you know, campaigns to run for. Um, so for me, it's great. But you know, for guys that have, you know, at the kind of the the, the fine end of the straw uh, of their career. It's kind of you know extremely gutting for them if the games don't go ahead. Um, you know, I, and for me, like it's I guess you know i have gone to the sport um, you know three and a, three and a bit years ago. So for me, I kind of looked at it. Well, this is uh, 2020. was actually a good opportunity for me where I kind of get that that four year cycle. So it's actually kind of giving me that that extra year to have that that four year Olympic cycle where. You know, at, if I, it was in 2020, you know, I'd only had that three-year prep because I've only been in the sport for three years. So uh, it was quite cool to have have a fourth year, I guess, um, and kind of and train for that. Uh, and that kind of kept me motivated. And I guess, yeah, entering sports sport so newly, uh, I guess I, you know, I haven't lost um, the fight for it or the love for it at all. You know, I'm still kind of going as an athlete and, and as a person in, in triathlon. So... Yeah, for that I think I'm very lucky um, that, that I'm so young in the sport and, and with age as well. Um, but yeah, as you said, like um, you know, if the Olympics don't go ahead, you know, hopefully World Champs will still be be around. There's still some good racing to go go ahead with World Cups and and WTSs as well. So I'm pretty sure that if something doesn't go ahead, I'm pretty sure we can find something um, in the near future to to keep motivated for sure.
0: Yeah. And so yeah going back to that you know you'll you'll start out with world triathlon and um I mean like I mentioned 2018 was your kind of punch through year 2019 the real breakthrough year as it were yeah. um like to have put together that level of consistency well and that level of racing with that consistency it must have been like, incredibly satisfying and uh, the confidence boost for someone so kind of i mean in many ways coming late to the sport compared to a lot of those yeah. around you right
1: yeah like i guess you're yeah, coming from yeah that exterior background i had some sort of um i guess idea of, of triathlon but never at a, an elite level or you know my swimming was below par uh, It was shocking and um you know the only thing that kind of got me through the race was the ride and run um but yeah switching to try to, to on-road triathlon um and seeing the progression like um you know, when I first started the my ITU kind of campaign, uh, I sat down with a few people and they're like, you know, it's going to take you seven years to get to where I am now, uh, which is it's only taken me three years. So I, I love to kind of prove people wrong in a sense. Uh, so that was pretty cool that I could do it in, in a couple, you know, two or three years of just hard work. Um, but I think also that what helped me, um, I guess, improve so so quick as well was just having just knowing my coaches, um, you know, having my coaches side by side for three years, not switching coaches. Um, So, you know, I, my body, you know, the body just loves routine. So it was getting used to their kind of workouts um, consistently for the last three years, four years, even um, when I first kind of started out training. Um, And then, you know, being injury free, um, you know, consistency. So key, like you can, you know, as, I think consistency is a huge thing. You know, you can do like a, a 30, 40-hour week um, and absolutely cook yourself. But, you know, if you keep between 20 to 25 hours, which I've done for the last, you know, three years, and keep it consistent without, you know, any injuries or too many niggles, you know, you can improve so fast. And I think that's what's been, I think, the big the big step for me has been that consistency. So, yeah, looking at the, the rate of improvement from, you know, starting pretty, pretty average to then, yeah, that 2018 um, getting a podium on my um, on my, first, my first ever Europe race was in Cagliari, um, the World Cup there and then 2019 having a couple of good podiums. Um, and then 2020 was looking pretty good. Uh, starting really really strong off you know Malola bar, um, even having a crash the day before uh, so not really being 100% and still getting second there. Uh, I know there was a lot of potential for that year, but obviously got cut pretty short and um, had to go home and reassess. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really satisfying to see that 2019 wasn't a fluke and heading into that 2020 season, starting strong in the bar. And yeah, hopefully this year in 2021, we can, um, I can get this racing. And I think for me, it's just to prove something to myself that it wasn't a, you know, 2019 wasn't a fluke, um, you know, there's been, there's been, you know, a lot of athletes that have had one good year and, and not really proven themselves, you know, after that. Uh, I'd love to, for me, I'd love to be an athlete that's just, like, consistent every year uh, in and out. Um, that's, you know, what I kind of aim for. And I think it's the sort of mental, in the mental game I am, I, I just love, you know, just going hard and, um, you know, just getting the best out of me in every single race and not holding back, really.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> that 2018 Cagliari course was still with the big hill right so that kind of yeah you had a good you had a good battle against Delian and yeah the Italian guys um but that yeah it was that is a type of course that that suits your riding right you're like you're you know you you like the red line riding um keeping it up there and uh yeah obviously it, it that was a, a good place to get that first podium
1: yeah it was uh was that what I expected you know like yeah, that was my first ever time to Europe. Um, didn't know what to expect at all. you know, you know, all you see is kind of stuff on on the old TV or stuff and and whatnot. So it was it was quite a surreal experience, you know, flying my first time into Rome and then um, and then, you know, three days later traveling over to over to Cagliari. And yeah, you I know, will tell you I was pretty jet lagged for my first, you know, it was the <laughs> longest flight I've ever done in my life by about, I oh, don't know, probably about 30, 30 hours because i think the furthest <laughs> i've ever traveled was, a, was the gold coast in australia for like a family holiday so right. yeah going over there was pretty uh was pretty unsurreal i had no clue what to expect and um uh, yeah kind of to see the body kind of react real well and and, and enjoy a course like that uh, you know suited my mountain bike you know for my mountain biking background uh suited my skills you know for that big uphill and then just like continuously on the red line and running up that hill as well just kind of uh, you know uh my, i guess my um background running was also mountain running too so really enjoyed going up and down that course but um yeah Ned still didn't really have a sprint finish and got picked by um one of the italians so and everyone knows the italians race extremely well on home turf and yeah they they, they raced really well that, that day so it was pretty cool to be around them
0: yeah for sure and then it was on to um antwerp which wasn't quite like over two over two races you haven't quite had such fond memories of of their like the cobbles oh, and the... uh
1: <laughs> man it was like the only god it like it's it's actually uh, yeah it's, so it's i guess it's hunter's uh, my partner's um, home course you know she's just in wisk oh. weasel so it's only like 20 minutes out so uh I've, I've, man i've just never had any luck on that course like the first year i went there in, uh, in antwerp was um my uh, my battery fell out of my uh, derailleur, so um, had no shifting. I think my average cadence was like 130 for that race, and pretty much was like just spinning as hard as I could, and then arrow tucking into like a group, <laughs> and spinning as hard as I could, and it just and then you hit the cobbles, and with cobbles you want to have like a low cadence, so you just power through it. But having like 130 20 cadence, you're just like going everywhere on the cobbles, and then yeah. like oh, oh 2019, uh, I got a puncher. It was like my first time, I was kind of ranked number one. So I was like, oh, pretty awesome. And then got a punch. I was like, oh no. So I was like, surely third time lucky in 2020. In and then yeah, couldn't even get there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So not not too sad to see the back of that one off the uh off no,
1: the World Cup circuit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about how Modern triathlon is now coming down, you know, it's all boiling down to the run and so on. But but you're someone who whose bike skills have, have clearly shown that that can make a, you know, that can really be the, the, the making of the race as well. Um, you know, if you look at at Lausanne, the mixed relay, that bike that you put in, you know, you could see you were sort of picking your moment as to when to attack and sort of toying with the field a little bit and so on. So, um, yeah, I suppose just talk us through like how, how you approach those bikes and what your kind of mental, situation is that
1: yeah like I think the bike has helped me in a lot of races um, especially kind of giving me a lot of confidence um you know there's a few that I can name where you know my actually was actually my first, my first well, it was actually my second time in because the first time I had to uh, I had to um, DnF uh, not well, I didn't I just didn't start the race because I literally turned up to Milillabar and I was just like I was in I was bedridden for a week so I couldn't even, I got over to Mulilla but I didn't get to the start line. Um, but the the year after I was um, I actually well I was actually in a breakaway. Um and it was myself, uh, a couple of ollies and Tyler Mr. Chuck. And we got to the top in the middle of the bar hill and I just looked at it and the other boys that did it, it were like, oh, there's no point in kind of breaking away. So I was like, Oh, bugger it, I'll just carry on. So then I carried on and I was, I remember that was my first time I kind of got a breakaway and got about a twenty five second lead. Um, but I <laughs> I pretty I cooked myself quite a bit. but uh I was pretty awesome like just just a young fella off the front having no clue no expectations no one kind of knew you um but um yeah going off the front and you know getting a 20 second gap was um you know and it got me the three percent that I needed to get into a world series race so you know that was just one of the stepping stones that got me up to the world series was um it was getting well yeah with the New Zealand criteria you must get a three percent in a world cup to the winner and um yeah i think i was about you know 15 seconds off the winner which was cool and so yeah got to get got to step up from there as well and um yeah uh, same thing actually happened in um 2019 as well when we did um in edmonton and it was the mixed team relay and um yeah it was just really aggressive on the bike and um got a breakaway uh, with another rider and um yeah that's the year that we uh did quite well as a team and got on the podium for the, uh, for the first time which was pretty awesome and um you know also um and Abu Dhabi in the mixed team relay um we were about sixth place and you know I put a huge shift on the bike and and bridged a 40 second gap up to um the you know Leah Bouget and um I think it was Jonah Schomberg and I think of the Italian team as well. And yeah, just had to put my head down and, and you know, that helps me hugely, you know, that got us a third place, um, that bike shift as well. So, you know, as you said, um, yeah, the run's not the be all end all. I think, I think if you've got a real strong ride, you know, it's the rides helped me hugely and situations where I've come out of the, out of the swim in a horrific position. And I think it was my first thing for time actually in Hamburg WCS It's my first, WTS ever and um, yeah got to the got to the start of the the, the race and I, think I had a shocking swim. I came out nearly did last, but um, I bridged the gap in about 20 seconds, um, and that gap you know was about 15 20 seconds away. So you know really had to had to push hard to get onto the onto that onto that um, onto that group. But you know if I didn't have that ride, I would have been you know well and truly out of the race. So I think the ride as a huge asset, um, that has helped me, I guess, progress as an athlete. Um, mm. and yeah, so I think that's, uh, yeah, it's not just the run that's helped me a lot. Um, but I think, yeah, you come off the, you know, if you're a good rider and it's an easy ride, um, you know, and it's harder for others, you know, you're going to have fresher legs and others on, on onto the run. So I think that's yeah. a huge asset, but I'd like to kind of make a swim my asset as well. So I don't have to yeah. waste a lot of energy on the bike to try
0: and catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, talk us through that that sort of the mindset where, you know, you're you've come out of the water through transition, you know you've got to make that you've got to bridge that gap. Vasco was talking about it in I think it was Hamburg or maybe Carlo maybe both, and he was he said like, he just absolutely ruined himself. And I think he was like sick down himself or something just to, just to bridge that gap. But obviously had he not done that, there was absolutely no way he would have got the second place. So, you know, just what are you going through? What's going through your mind as you, you know, you've got to put that effort in and and ultimately not even know if it's going to be successful. Right.
1: Yeah. Like I think I, I go into every race, a hundred percent like uh, I don't I don't want to wait for a group or anything like if the opportunity is there and I feel that uh, my in myself I can bridge that gap I will go for it um, no matter what uh, but I think it's got a lot to do with I guess for me um, personally where I've kind of come from um, you know I've, you know I've had to start kind of from the bottom and, and work my way up um, you know I'd never kind of never came through any kind of um, system at all. Uh, I just kind of changed my mind and wanted to go to triathlon and had to work really hard for it. And uh, I knew going over to Europe or going to any race, uh, I knew I had a lot of backing, even domestically. Uh, a lot of people kind of, uh, I guess, um, put, put a lot of effort into me and I did not want to turn up into a race and say, oh, I'm 30 seconds back, what's the point in chasing this? Like, you know, I'm out of the race. Um I kind of you know look at the pe- you know look at the people that have helped me uh, from from the you know the first stepping stone and was like you know like kind of feel like if I don't try hard enough in e- in every single race, I've kind of let my whole team down, so I feel as myself Triathlon is not just an individual sport it's you know it's the team that's kind of behind you, and I think that's what drives me hugely is the the team behind me um I know I've come into a lot of races, and you see guys. They kind of just like sit back and relax and say, oh, we'll just you know, may, maybe it might might happen for me, might happen for me in the other race or the next race or all this. But for me, it's like, well, every race is kind of like a huge race for me because I know I've, I've got in there with my you know quite a lot of my own funding and you know I get a lot of help from triathlon New Zealand, but most you know the World Cups is our own funding and we get there from our kind of our own pocket and stuff. So it's uh, yeah, every kind of lineup is like, wow. Well, you know, uh you don't want to think as triathlon as, as, making, as making money. You you know, it's your sport and you love it. Um, but, you know, you've got, to, you've got to make a living. And that's how, you know, that's how I kind of how, how I kind see it. You just got to go 100% the whole time. And that's when you kind of make a name for yourself and you can go to more races. And, yeah, I guess that's why you see me on the, on the start line a lot because I just love racing and love giving it 100% because I guess if you don't, you know, you, you train so many hours and you put yourself in the box so many times, And then you go to a race and you just don't put everything into it. You know, what was all the training for? So I feel like, you know, you've put yourself into some deep, deep, dark spots in training. So you might as well just use that deep, dark spot and do it in racing as well and, and try and get everything out of you in every single race. So, um, yeah, I guess for me, that's kind of, yeah, how I, how I kind of look at bridging the gap as well as um, just, just, yeah, the people backing me and, um, and help, you know, that have helped me along and, I know they're all watching at home at two o'clock and three o'clock in the morning. So, you know, there's at least I can there's at least some way I can kind of give them a show and make the make their heart stop for a bit saying, Oh, he's had another crap of crapper of a swim. Hopefully he gets back into the race. And then uh somehow I get back into the race and uh I know a couple of times when the coach or or mum kind of um messaged me on Facebook, they're like, Oh, geez, you're a bit behind there and I was like, Oh yeah, just gotta gotta keep the heart rate up for you. Give you something to
0: think about, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: But that—I mean—that must also be what feeds into your that the way that you guys race as the team New Zealand mixed relay, like knowing that everyone among you is is going at it with that same mentality, right? Like that—that that is obviously half the reason why you guys look like you're enjoying it so much, and the fact that you won in love. Yeah, a
1: hundred percent. Like I think if you're from New Zealand as a triathlete, you just you you just love the sport. Like um it's. It used to be, you know, when the when Bevan Doherty and Bevan Doherty and Hamish Carter era was here, was huge. It was huge, um, it was a huge sport here, um, but it's slowly, kind of like I guess, distanced away from the people. But now it's kind of, you know, it's it's coming it's coming back. You know, everyone's really enjoying it. Um, I think this weekend's the the Tauranga Half Ironman. It's one of my first races where I raced. You know, Cam Brown. Um, you know, he was on the ITU circuit once upon a time, and and all those guys train the as well. And, um, you know, all those guys racing this year, it's, you know, fully sold out and, uh, you know, 70.3 World champs was meant to be, um, here last year, but, you know, it's back here in a couple of years, which is cool. And, you know, it's good to see the sport coming back. And I think New Zealand being such a, you know, known for this sport and, uh, I think, you know, we just love sport and we just love triathlon, I guess. Um, you know, that's, it's a sport that's, you, you can go, you know, to many places and it's, you can use it for the outdoors as well. Cause you know, as I said, New Zealand, such a sporting outdoors kind of uh, nation, you know, we can kind of, it's great to get on your bike and go into, you know, the Redwoods in Rotorua, you know, some of the best mountain bike in the world or go up into some mountains and not having to worry about spiders or bears, you know, chilling <laughs> you apart or, or you know snakes or anything you know you can just literally go into the bush and have no and have no absolute problems you can pitch up a tent and you know she'll be right kind of attitude and I think that's what all the New Zealanders take to the take to the start line is you know we just just love the sport and we just love to be aggressive and you know I guess we love the saying she'll be right like um you know we might be a minute bat but she'll be right we'll, we'll get we'll get it back you know so it's uh I think it's just in the Kiwi blood that we just love to Just to push ourselves and just keep on, keep on going, and you always love it to to push each other as a team. So I think that's why we do so well.
0: It was, um, it was after the U23 and Junior mixed really in Lausanne that we spoke, wasn't it? And uh, you went off at 100 miles an hour with your little (laughs) recap of the race there. And uh... oh mate,
1: they loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still getting
0: it. it. Is that a combination of sort of the um, adrenaline still from the race and just like the, I mean but also you know presumably you quite like to kind of pick through the race that's just happened right and kind of analyze it in in that sort of way
1: oh 100 percent um i think yeah we just love i just love to analyze the race won. oh yeah I, I love to analyze the races if i've lost as well you know <laughs> <laughs> um but you yeah, know it's uh it's good to get <clears throat> get some banter from the crew as well just saying uh, you know, I think every time I rock up to a race now in New Zealand, it's like, oh, no, don't give a hand. The mic could be here about for about 40 minutes. So uh, <laughs> it's good to kind of get some banter from the crew there. And, um, oh, no, they love it, eh? Well, I hope they love it. Uh, but they just, I think that is like cracking up at me um, just because I like to rant on a bit. But <laughs> you've got you, you to you go global somehow. And if it's that, it's going to be some sort of, like, new TikTok video or some <laughs> reel there. So I'm just going absolutely off my case, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and it was a similar story in, in Tokyo at the test event you know and it, and it was a great great performance there um is that and, and presumably that was a bike course that it may not have had the hills and stuff but the way the transition was set up and so on like it was a it was still a Hayden friendly bike right
1: oh 100 percent like it's um you know it's a, it's a pretty deep you know you wouldn't expect the headwind um, at all but it's it's a you know, real strong headwinds. So you're going to be really, you know, efficient, but strong with your power going into that. Mm. Um, And then, you know, there's so many corners, switchbacks. um, It's For me, it was a perfect course. Um, You know, I was gaining a lot of time just on the corners. You know, if you can corner well, uh, you can gain so much time on that course. And I just loved that, um, going through that kind of real narrow switchback area um, on the front. And I think, you know, a lot of time it was myself and Gustav um just really kind of driving that force um through that technical area and um yeah you know I think what well, there was like two three two three switchbacks and um yeah it was just a great course you know as said, yeah, not not hilly but you know quite technical to be fair like if you hit that course hard you're you know you could definitely put some time into the front group and that's what we did I think I remember we caught that the front group so fast. I don't think we've ever caught the front group that fast being, you know, a minute twenty behind, but we were just working so well as a unit and we were just really just picking that course apart. And I think having, you know, you know, strength guys like uh Christian off the on the front of the of the headwinds and, and Gustave and myself and a couple others on the front, Leah Bouget, those guys going through the technical areas you know, we really kind of picked the, the field apart and really got through that course real quick. So, yeah, if, the, if Tokyo goes ahead, really looking forward to that bike course again. Just love the technicality of it. And, um uh, mm. yeah, it can, you know, I remember we were dropping a lot of people on in our group as well just because, you know, you're stopping going and you get that yo-yo effect and everyone's splitting apart and you're to get back on the group. And it was intense. It was an intense race. And especially with that humidity and heat too, so... How did that,
0: did that have the the sort of effect on you that you, that all the testing and the the preparation and stuff that you planned for, did it, you know, did it really drain you? Yeah, I think like I didn't do too
1: much testing. I just did a lot of kind of, I guess a lot of heat work, you know, we came to Tokyo a couple weeks earlier and I think we spent most of our time in, in Spain as well. So we were quite climatized to the heat, but not Tokyo heat like it was it was humid uh, I think that's what and I guess Spain and and a couple other events we go to is quite a hot heat not humid heat and yeah. uh very kind of like I guess uh the Middle East race that we have and uh on, on the F1 course you know it's very humid and um so I think a lot of people wouldn't expect how hot the water was too you know it was pretty much borderline on uh on on cutting the course because it was so hot so I remember yeah. jumping in, it felt like I was in a spa, like it was r- ridiculous. And, you know, you've got to find that fine line of the red line as well. Because um, if you if you push yourself too hard in that heat, you just got to, you know, blow yourself up. So I think I played that, yeah, I think I played that bike course quite well, um, you know, resting where, where I could have rested around the corners and, and not using a lot of my energy. Uh, but also on the swim, like I guess, there was no kind of hiding in the swim. Like it was a very, uh, you you were going to get hot no matter what, um you know, you're in 30, around 30 degree heat um, and, and out of the water. So that was going to be tough. And then the run, you just got to kind of take water when you can get it, like take it from, I just took water from every aid station and just try to keep my, I guess, my, uh, my inside real cold. And um, that was kind of the case to keep you kind of your core real kind of cool, you know, because we were probably peaking close to, I think we we took some of those um, heat temperature tablets where you where you swallow them and then you and then you put the heat temperature thing beside your um, your stomach to see what your um, your core your your core temperature got up to. And I think oh, yeah. I think I got up to nearly thirty nine um, to nearly you know the thirty nine forty. You know, it was getting pretty high. Mm. Uh, so it was actually pretty awesome to see in what parts of the course that was kind of getting hot and cold. So yeah, it was pretty awesome to see the this. I don't do a lot of sort of scientific stuff as well. So it was pretty cool to see,
0: yeah.
1: um, some of the science and what my body was kind of capable of and that sort of kind of, um, yeah, intense heat, I guess.
0: I did particularly enjoy the, uh, the iced headband going on at the end there. I thought like, you know, oh, if mate, you need I'm, a little yeah. pick me up at the end of the run, kilometer out or <laughs> yeah, something, yeah. pop that on. That's going to help.
1: Oh yeah, so I was I was putting like a headband on every every lap, and it was uh, just chilling in the chiller. It was quite nice, <laughs> and uh, Chuck it on it would only last good. it would probably only be good for a couple of minutes, but it, it was it was something. <laughs> uh, and then uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, when we, when we got to that final sprint for the uh, for that for that last kind of part, I was I felt mean, and then all of a sudden you just hit a wall, and I was like, oh yep, there it is, <laughs> there's that red line, and you've just well past it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well and tyler and casper tyler Mizlichuk and casper stone is obviously two good men to be elbow to elbow with at that stage oh, of the race
1: as well. oh i know tyler's got a mean kick so it's either hey, you have to drop him now or you'll get you'll probably get pips so um that was my tactic was like if he's still here in the last next 300 meters i'm probably gonna be fighting for second but you never leave anything to chance these boys could be hurting as well so yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean, so if you could put together your, like, ultimate triathlete, like, who's who's swim, who's bike, and whose run would you take? Pick yeah, one athlete like, swim.
1: Yeah, so I'd probably take Henry's because he's got, you know, his, his family, his uh, background English is swimming, very, yeah. very swim dominant. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's, you know, he's led so many races out of the water. But if he hasn't led races out of the water, he's either on – you know, second or third and plays it very well. Uh, He's a very, you know, strong swimmer. You know, know, can't argue that at all. Uh, If I had to go biking, um, if I wasn't choosing myself, um, (laughs) I would probably choose either um, Gustav because I do a lot of, well, I'm pretty sure every time we've been in the same chasing bike group, he's always there going hard or Leo Bougie one of those Mm -hmm. two just because they're strong but they're also very technical technically strong as well Um, you know you you can be a very strong dominant powerful athlete but you need to be nimble as well and those two boys really do it well Uh, and in the run I would probably have to be out of probably Mario or Alex Um, the amount of times I've raced those two boys um, Alex Yee, right? You know, even if it's on um, either on the IT circuit or on the Super League circuit, um, you know they're they're both very exceptional runners. Um, you know, Alex has been to Diamond leagues as well, and and yeah. you know, runs you know the, the fastest five k and uh, some of the fastest five k's and uh, and ten k's and um, and you know pretty much the I, I, in the World Series history really. So uh, yeah, one of those two boys for sure. So
0: it'd be hard to hard to kind of choose out of those ones right yeah and um and temperament like you know in terms of that kind of attitude that you that you need when you've still got a couple of k left on an olympic distance who's who do you think like is, is mentally toughest out there
1: oh mentally toughest uh you'd have to go Christian eh? that guy just loves to bury himself yeah true, true. <laughs> I've been in so many races and I've seen him hurt so bad I think I've never seen anyone hurt as much as he's hurt himself but <laughs> he gets the job done man he's an absolute beast
0: <laughs> yeah he's uh actually he and Ali Brownlee both like in Azaceno I don't know if you saw back any of that race but the um the gap that they made up on the first lap of the bike going up the hill, yeah, big time. In yeah, it
1: was huge. I was watching. Amazing. I was like, "Oh, yeah, he's he's you know he's quite far back off, but he should get back on." And then all of a sudden, oh, he's there, like,
0: <laughs> leading <laughs> on the way back down. Yeah, <laughs> can't believe it. Looking back it's at great. the time, to see what happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hayden, it's been great to speak to you. Thanks very much um, taking the time out and uh, ahead of the, the race tomorrow. What time are you racing?
1: Not until seven thirty tomorrow. So um seven thirty tomorrow night. So still got another yeah, good, nearly twenty hours until my race. So yeah,
0: a late yeah, race just, is that? Is that like? I can imagine like having to wait through a day for the race. Does that? <laughs> do you prefer a morning race or is it not really matter to
1: you? Um, yeah, I guess. I guess when I used to race multi-sports, so it's kayaking, biking, and running. We used to, you know, start at six o'clock in the morning, and you know, mm. you'd be done by one o'clock, and all all is good. And then I went to ITU racing, and it was like you know this this literally one o'clock, four o'clock start. As I was great. <laughs> and then uh, the last couple of races have been about you know seven to nine p.m. Um, it's more kind of yeah, New Zealand's quite a windy country, I guess. So we get a lot of wind, but it dies down um, later in the evening. So most running races are, especially track races, are held at night because uh, the wind is a bit more uh, uh, more forgiving. And, um, yeah, we can run a little bit faster. So, yeah, i just be chilling and, um, yeah, trying not to paint my toenails and just yeah. chill out, I guess. <laughs> Excellent. Great.
0: Well, yeah, have a good one. And um, obviously keeping a firm eye on that calendar and what, what the next sort of few months hold, right?
1: Oh, 100%, yeah. Ho- hoping to be back on the, um, the racing shore this year. Um, yeah, I'll be doing
0: everything in my power I, I can to get over for sure. All right. Well, <laughs> take care. And good luck, man. Thanks a lot. Oh, you too, man. See you later. Great to have Hayden Wilde on. And next week, we'll be joined by Australia's Jake whistle And you can now watch the interviews as well in full over on TV. Thanks for listening.